On this week's episode of What the Puck, the Capitals pack up and leave D.C., Ovechkin wins another rocket, and what went wrong with George McPhee. All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It's a Washington Capitals podcast. Joining me, as always, we got Coach Stan. What's going on, man? Um, not too much. How you doing? You know what? I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I think you're going to be doing the majority of the talking this this time around. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're here. We're going to talk caps. I think I just got sick of watching these guys lose, so that's that's really what I'm feeling right now. But you can tweet to us about hockey, whatever you want. Tweet to me at Brando Cash and Coach Dan's on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, as well as the show at WTP underscore podcast. Coach Dan, uh, the regular season is over. The Capitals are going no further uh, than the regular season, so they have packed up and they are all going home now. Uh, where where did this uh, – Let's look, we can talk about the last few games, but uh, we talked about this last week as well um, – just the general consensus is this team did not have an identity this entire uh, this entire season. So, uh, it, did that really haunt them throughout the whole season? And uh, do you think that the, the Capitals organization realizes that? Uh, I think the Caps organization definitely realizes that they have some problems that the, the team didn't really have an identity. And I think to some extent it's hard for the players when you go out and you're playing a different style every now. You're going to be a team that's going to grind it out, or you're going to be a team you know more of the Dale Hunter style, or you're going to be a team that's going to be out there playing all of your offense like Boudreaux. I mean, I thought that when Oates first came in, it seemed like his style was going to be that they were going to be playing a mixture of both Hunter and Boudreaux styles where you have uh, some offense, but also some defense and sort of a mi- mixture of the two. And it seemed like they were just doing one or the other every night. Um, and unfortunately they didn't have the defense to be able to hang on to games where they were going to try and go all offense. And when the offense wasn't working, the defense was never working. So they ended up losing a ton of games. So I think it was one of those things where the lack of an identity and the lack of a style definitely comes back on the coaching staff and head coach Adam Oates into the fact that he did not get these guys prepared to play this one particular system or to be able to play it very well because it didn't work out in the end. And I think there's also a lot that needs to be made about general manager George McPhee and the fact that he did not put together a good enough team on paper defensively to be able to withstand a full season. If you go and you look at, you know, they have a couple of injuries, a guy like Mike Green who's shown that he's injury prone as of – what lately, you know, the past couple of seasons, you, you can't stay healthy for long periods of time. You know, you can't go up and replace him with guys who have never played in the NHL or journeyman defensemen. I mean, you have to con- consistently be calling up guys that should be playing in Hershey for most of the season. And, you know, if they want to come in and fill in for a game or two, that's fine. But when you have guys like Connor Carrick who are not ready to play in the NHL yet and are making rookie mistakes consistently and are not progressing in their NHL careers um, and as players in general, you know, it's a problem. If you go and you look at good teams, they have depth. They have guys that they can go and push guys up when someone goes down, if they go down for a long period of time. If you go and you look at the Bruins, they lost – I mean they're, what, the best team in the league? They won the President's Trophy. Not that that's a big deal. Uh, but they went and they lost uh, – I'm playing on his name at the moment. They lost one of their top defensemen. They still were able to go on and have a fantastic season. Yeah, so the fact that the Capitals are unable to do that and they have one guy go down, not even their best defenseman. Could you imagine what would have happened to this team if they lost Carlson or Alsner this season? I mean they just would have been awful defensively they were a bit of freaking nightmare because there was the only two solid defensive pairings they have if you go back and look at the beginning of the season their third best defenseman i would say is Dmitry orloff he wasn't even playing for the early part of the season so the fact that this team was a nightmare defensively and the, and the lack of an identity and being able to do anything offensively was a huge problem 
Yeah, th- there was definitely a hole there. And uh, if you listen to some of the exit interviews, uh, a guy like Jack Hillen, he came out and was like, "Yeah, you got to put it on us players, not the coaches." He's like, "I could have been better. I could have, I could have been healthy. You can't blame the coaches." Oh, Hillen, you're not all that good to begin. I think he's just trying to suck up. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> guys, play me next year. No, <laughs> Hillen, you know he. I feel bad because a guy can't say healthy and like his latest injuries because Ovechkin trucked him, basically. But maybe I got concussion from that, which you know it didn't seem like he could have been from that hit or collision. But you know, he got lit up. Um, but if you go and you look at it, I mean the guy's just—that's the guy. I mean he's, he came cheap enough, I guess. But that's the guy that you're relying on if he's healthy for then someone else to—he's you know, going to replace somebody else like a Mike Green. It's not going to work out. Now, and Mike Green, we lost him the last couple uh, uh, games as well. So there's definitely a hole here for a, uh, a defenseman. Uh, but it seems like there's a, yada, a lot of young guys. Russian Machine put out a really great article uh, earlier today talking about the draft and how the Capitals have landed with the number 13 draft and that they should go for a forward and not a defenseman like everyone's talking about because they have a lot of young defensemen, just defensemen that don't know the NHL system yet. Like you got a guy like Nate Schmidt down there in, uh, in Hershey ready to come up whenever you need him. So I, I, I don't know how I feel about them not going after a defenseman in the draft, but... But for me, I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping off topic here about, you know, whatever. I, I kind of want to talk about what's going to go on with the draft. Um, since the Capitals do have the number 13 pick, I don't know if they're going to go for a um, for anybody. I think they might uh, they might trade out of that 13th pick and, and try to get somebody who's already a veteran uh, in the NHL. So I'm going to ver- be very intrigued to see what they do. But uh, we, we can talk that about that on another show. But let's talk about GMGM and uh, Adam Oates. Uh, two guys that uh, are definitely on the hot seat, Adam Oates, or I'm sorry, GMGM, who uh, usually is it. He doesn't really tell the media what's going on, but he at least talks to them. He he wouldn't talk to them uh, as everyone was packing up on Monday and said he's going to talk to the media in a in a few days. So uh, it definitely seems like there might be some shakeups and who goes where when. Uh, that's still up in the air, but. Uh, I, I think we talked about it last week, GM and Adam Oates. It seems like if you get a new general manager, you'll probably get a new head coach as well. Uh, but the players are really split on it. Uh, guys like you know Ovechkin really like having Adam Oates around and think that he's great and, and like the fact that you know Ovechkin can play like Ovechkin. Jay Beagle, even though I didn't agree with how much he was being benched at the beginning of the season, um, he enjoyed it. Of course, he did because he got to center uh, Alex Ovechkin, and, and he really enjoyed that there. But then you have guys like Brooks Like, who said the closest that the Capitals were ever, uh, the closest they were to ever winning a Stanley Cup was uh, under Dale Hunter. And I thought that was interesting because I'm I'm sure that's not a very popular uh, uh, coaching choice in the locker room. But Brooks Like is a guy who was injured the majority of the time Adam Oates was here. He barely has any playing time underneath that coach. So does he really have a good uh, perception of, of the way Adam Oates is a coach being that he's not on the ice half the time. Well, I like that what Brooks like brings to the team, but the fact that, like you said, he's not on the ice half the time makes his sort of, it doesn't make his opinion irrelevant, but you know, if he wants to, I mean, he can talk about the past. That's fine. Cause he was healthy then, but for any conversations towards the future, he's got to show that he can be healthy first before he does anything else. Um, in regards to what year this team had their best shot at winning the Stanley cup, I would go so far as to say none of them. Because at no point in time have they had a solid enough defense to be able to win a championship. If you go back and look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup, they've had solid defensive units. 
and the Capitals have not had a solid defensive unit. I, I maybe you could say under Hunter's system they had their best chance because they played a solid defensive game, I guess. But the fact is they had no offense. Yes, defense wins championships, but you do have to put the puck in the back of the net every once in a while. Sort of the same thing for football. Defense wins championships. You go back and look at this previous Super Bowl. You had the best offense in the league, and they got their you-know-what's handed to them by the best defense in the league. But the, def- the team, the Seahawks, could also score points. I think the same thing goes in the NHL. You have to have a very talented defense, a talented goalie, or at least a goalie that's on a hot streak. But you also got to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. The Capitals can put the puck, at least up until this season, they could put the puck in the back of the net. But the fact is they do not play solid defensively. They didn't do that under Boudreaux. And they did it okay under Hunter, but then they couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. So the fact of the matter is I don't think this team has ever been in a position to be able to win the Stanley Cup because they do not play good enough defensively. They, you know, I'm blanking on who it was from the Blue Jackets. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, some dude from the Blue Jackets came out and made a comment back during the Boudreaux era saying that the Capitals – do not play the game the right way to be able to win in the playoffs. Everyone was like, shut up. You know what you're talking about. Uh, I guess he did because they didn't win in the playoffs because they don't play solid defensive game. So if it's George McPhee or if it's another general manager, team president, coach, whoever, the first thing they need to do this offseason is re-sign Mikhail Kroboski. And then the second thing they need to do this offseason is to go out and trade or acquire by uh, 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 free agency two quality defensemen. I'm talking two defensive defensemen. One to play with Mike Green if you decide to keep him, and one to play with Dmitry Orlov. Now, if you can go out and acquire a good enough guy to play with Green, and maybe you you know, if you want to put a little more cap space in some other areas, and I guess you could potentially want to call up someone like Patrick Way, who looked pretty good at the end of the season. He did. And you play him with Orlov. Then you have a you know, potential defensive unit of Carlson and Alsner, Green and whoever, it, but someone who's a legitimate veteran defensive defenseman. Don't go out and try and, and, and skim the bottom of the barrel and pick up another Jack Hillen. I want someone who knows what they're doing, has been around a while. And then you put Orlov with Way. You know, and you can bring them both along. I think this actually could, could make a, a pretty talented uh, sixth defenseman. And you can hang on to Hillen because he's cheap and he can play as a seventh defenseman playing occasionally. Um, and that's fine by me. You know, but the, the biggest thing this team needs to do is first resign Grabowski and then fix the defensive pairing defensive unit because it is a freaking nightmare and it has been all season and I think that was one of their biggest downfalls. If you go back and you look at all the times that they would score a goal and then give up a goal within two minutes or two and a half minutes, it was ridiculous. And the fact that it continually happened throughout the season I think is a defensive problem. I think that comes back on the coaching staff in keeping these players unfocused and the fact that defensively they were just a nightmare and they were unable to stop other teams when the other team got going offensively. Yeah, that that was definitely a problem. You know, you bring up Mikhail Grabowski. Um, I, I think his agent made a comment to the media this week that he wants to re-sign with the Capitals. There was a deal in place, but he wants to know who the coach and the GM are going to be first. So uh, that might it might hold up until the front office makes the move of of either keeping uh, these guys or or moving on from the system they're at now. So that might hold up Grabowski. Uh, two other big question marks at the uh, exit interviews was uh, Dustin Penner, who who said, hey, I'd like to uh, play hockey here again, but uh, right now I'd, I would just like to play hockey next season at all. So I mean, He said what he said. Someone asked him if he wanted to play. He's like, well, I need a job. Yeah, like he's like, I got to work. exactly a ringing endorsement that he wants to come back to. D- <laughs> I think if Oates is here, he's gone. Uh, I think if they bring in another coach and they talk to him and say, hey, we are looking at you at a top six role. Uh, or guaranteeing it. I mean, I could see him on the first line with Backstrom and Ovechkin. I see no problems there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He could just park his big butt in front of the goal. He was doing that when he, when he, you know, when they let him play. So I don't understand why 
Um, you know, if they go out and they bring in a new GM and a new head coach, I, I would see no reason why they wouldn't want to keep Penner around, depending on how much he costs, obviously. Right, right. But I, I would see no reason why you wouldn't want to hang on to Dustin Penner to play him on that first line. They're going to have some interesting lineup problems for next season in regards to, like, I was trying to play armchair GM over at capgeek.com, and uh, you can go and sort of, like, mess around with the, the lineups and, and move them around, who you think should play where for left wing, center, right wing, defensive partners. Uh, goaltenders and try and fit it in under the salary cap. And I think it came out in the end that I had Marcus Johansson and Brooks like both as healthy, healthy scratches in the roster. So they're going to have an interesting decisions to make going into next season. Yeah. Whoever the powers that be. <laughs> Another big question mark as well is Halak, who uh, he, he's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone too, but uh, he's going to be looking for a job uh, pretty soon. He's another free agent, so he, he may have a very short-lived uh, time with the Capitals. Uh, Good trade, George. Yeah, bang up job there. Uh, Holpe had a, a few interesting things to say. The fact that he said him and Ole Kolzig were always on the same page, and it just took him some time to really get used to this new system that he was still learning. What system? <laughs> the 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 sit back and not be you know out and in the no, middle. I know, I know, I know. In the middle of nowhere for for the the gold crease. So he's yelling everybody. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens next next uh, the next couple weeks. I guess. I mean, we really don't know when anything's going to happen or or at what point i think mcphee is supposed to speak to reporters soon so that'll be interesting i mean the fact that he he's always the first to come out at the end of the season and talk to the reporters so the fact that he wasn't first i think is interesting except for the fact that his contract is up right. so i think what's he gonna do he's gonna come out and say well in the future i think that uh, or this is gonna be good for next season well you might not be here george you know so it's sort of i think it's a situation where if the team chooses not to keep him you know i don't think they want him out there talking about to the media about what's going to happen uh, especially since he won't be a part of that. But I can also see a situation where he may choose not to return. Maybe he's going out there and, you know, there's some rumors going around that he may be up for jobs in Calgary and Vancouver. So maybe he's looking at that and going, hmm, that might be a better situation for me in the end. Maybe I've done what I thought I could do here in Washington and I want to go and give it a shot somewhere else. Cause I, if the Cavs come out and say we've decided to go, we're going to go find somebody else, I would not be surprised to see McPhee get hired by either Vancouver or Calgary, you know, in the next couple of weeks. No, I mean, he does have some some uh, some brilliance every once in a while. So any team would be lucky to have he's him. He's hit or miss. Yeah, it's just that he, he gets these uh, – he's better – I said it last week. He's better at, like, the draft than he is at the trade deadline. At Which the, is funny since he goes most off – he goes mostly off his scouts at the draft. Yeah, so, I mean <laughs> – It's not it, even him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to, to to see what he does because every time like the draft deadline comes, I'm like, oh god, what's he gonna do now? And or sorry, not the the the, the trade deadline. So, um, well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, to him. But uh, the, the captain of the team, Ovechkin, he kind of brought up the fact that him and his two buddies, will, uh, Orlov and Kuznetsov, are all going to Worlds now to play for Russia. And uh, the other thing that I thought was really interesting that he said was the fact that people were saying, "Do you want to trade? Do you still want to be in DC?" Oh, and, that's just reporters looking for headlines. And he definitely played the good company man role and was like, "I'm never going to ask for a trade." I like the system. I really love this city. I'll be here uh, as long as my contract allows me to be here. So um, he's not going anywhere now. And and the Capitals are not going to get rid of him because again, he's, well, he sells jerseys. That'd be an interesting conversation for the future. I mean, if Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded. It's very but true. But I don't see Leones as trading the cash cow right now, unless he's going to get something ridiculous back in return that he can market. Because I, if you go and you look at the all right, so if you hypothetically you trade Ovechkin. Who's your marquee guy? Nick Backstrom. 
who has it doesn't appear he has any interest in being the uh, front and center marquee guy. He said he seems like he's very laid back, kind of wants to hang back. You know, he's not out there doing interviews all the time. Yeah, he'll go and talk to reporters after the game and stuff, but he's not out there making the being the face of the franchise. That's Ovechkin. That's his style. So if you trade him, I think things get really interesting. I mean, on the ice, it could actually work out well for the team because what you get back and you know you could spread out throughout the entire team, which would be interesting. Maybe you go out and you get your your number one defenseman or something like that. But I, I don't see the team doing that. I mean, people want to go out and give him a lot of grief because he was a, what, a minus 35 or something like that this season. The fact is, he's an offensive player. He said something along the lines of this. He's out there to score goals. He gets paid the big bucks because they want him to put the puck in the back of the net, not diving in front of pucks. Yes, it'd be nice to see him play better defensively, but right now... I want to see him putting the puck in the back of that because that's what he's getting paid to do. That's what the team needs him to do because no one else is freaking doing it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, no one's doing it at the moment because the season's over. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what Ovechkin had to say, and uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, I don't think he wants to move he's anywhere. Going to, he's going to Minsk right now. Yeah, he's going to go over to Worlds <laughs> and uh, him and Orlov, and I found it funny that Kuznetsov got the invite as well. Uh, but uh, this is pretty cool. We uh, A few other capitals will be heading over and playing for Team Canada, one of them being Troy Brower, who pretty much was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go over there because I never played the World Juniors and I'm never going to make the Olympic team. So uh, a chance to repre- represent his country, he's, he's jumping at that chance, and it looks like he'll be over there along with uh, maybe one or two other capital players. Well, maybe you can go over there and uh, talk to a couple of Canadian guys and convince them to come play for the Caps. That's a good idea. Uh, you know, you go over there and some guys are going to be a free agent. I'm sure they get to talking and, you know, I, I'm sure it's frowned upon, or at least I know the league, it's illegal to, or, you know, whatever, uh, to be able to go out and talk to players before there are uh, free agents and whatever else, agents and things. But, like, I'm sure the players talk about various things. And it, it, as much as a, a sort of cluster F is that's going on right now with this team in regards to the coaching and the general manager, it's got to be an attractive position, especially if you're a forward to be able to go out and play. I mean, they're going to be looking for a first-line winger, depending on what happens with Ovechkin, if he plays on the left or the right, depending on who the next coach is. Um, you know, to be able to potentially, if you're you're a you know big-name player that's going to be a free agent or a trade or something, to have the opportunity to go and play with Ovechkin. The guy puts so many shots on that that you're either going to be getting assists or you're going to be putting in the rebounds as long as the you know, puck doesn't hit you. So the opportunity to go play with a guy like him and Nick Backstrom, if you're a defensive player, to be able to go play with a guy like Mike Green until he gets hurt, uh, to have these opportunities, I think the position of working – or playing in D.C. aside from the traffic is an attractive option for players, depending on who the coaches they bring in. If they go out and bring in some you know, first-year head coach again, then I don't know how attractive the, the, the team is going to be to free agents. But if they go out and bring in a veteran coach, someone that players want to play for, or someone that they know can help them win a Stanley Cup, then I think that's a different situation this team is going to be in. And I was looking at this other day, I was thinking about this the other day. Has McPhee hired a veteran head coach since Ron Wilson? I don't think so. Don't I'm pretty sure. So. so after Wilson was what? Bruce Cassidy, then Glenn Hanlon, then Boudreaux, then Hunter, now Oates. All first-year head coaches in the NHL. Huh. I think. Do I have that right? Yeah, I think so. So it's sort of it's weird that he hasn't gone out and brought in a veteran guy after all these other guys didn't work. Now, Cassidy was after what? Wilson's thing wasn't working out because the players sort of tuned him out on that veteran team with Bondra, Connor Walchuk, Yager, Yager, all those guys. So then – um. You brought in Cassidy, and that was a nightmare. And then uh, you bring in Hanlon because you sort of rebuild the team, and then you bring in um, 
when Hanlon, it got to a point where Hanlon was no longer the guy because he was just sort of, a, you know, he's a coach that brings up young players. He wasn't a coach that's going to push them to the next level. You brought in Boudreaux. And when Boudreaux didn't work, I was very surprised they decided to go out and get Hunter and not a veteran head coach that would be able to bring, you know, push this team forward to the next level. Yeah, and Hunter was the, the polar opposite of, of Boudreaux. Uh, I mean, you had Boudreaux, who was very offensive. Then you bring Dale Hunter, who's all defense. Uh, and, and I guess that's why you bring in Adam Oates, because it was like a hybrid of, of both, because everyone says you need regular season offense and playoff defense. But um, I don't know. If, if GM GM's still around, I'm, are we going to see another ex-capital come here and become the coach? Or... Or will he go and get a veteran? I, I I really don't know. And and if there's a new general manager, he may have a whole new uh, new way of thinking of things. So uh, it's yes, gonna, please. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And even though we're we're you're not happy about the long summer, we got to sit through without any hockey. Uh, it's a short time to get a brand new general manager and a brand new coach uh, in into an organization and build something and have it ready for October. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's just it's not even that. It's other teams are looking for it too. So the fact that if you wait too long, you may miss your opportunity to get the guy that you want because Vancouver or Calgary, they may be going out and looking for these guys. So the fact that they're sort of waiting around, and now that you know Nashville is looking for a head coach, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, you know, it's an interesting situation where these guys are going to be available, and if you don't make a decision quick, someone else is going to snatch them up. It's very true. So, uh, anything else we, we should really discuss in uh, in Caps World? Uh, well, let's just point out that the team finished with a record of 38, 30, and 14 for a total of 90 points, which doesn't sound bad when you say it out loud, but then you go and you look at the standings and you're like, oh, that's not as good. There were three points out of the playoffs, so, you know, it's just not as good as it should be. It's extremely unfortunate that this team was eliminated from the playoffs, what, just after we finished recording last week yeah. for the first time in six years. So, it's just, it's, it's completely unacceptable situation uh a couple of congrats need to go out first to alex ovechkin on winning the maurice rocket richard trophy uh for scoring the most goals during the regular season he finished with 51 which is uh an impressive thing considering the season that he had apparently defensively that everybody wants to to comment on and then also congrats to former star goalie and current goalie coach Oli kolzig on being named to the dc sports Hall of Fame. I actually thought that's pretty cool. Nice. So congratulations to both of those guys. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, congrats to uh, to Jay Beagle as well, getting a multi goal game at the very end of the season uh, when when not a lot was uh, not a lot of people were playing the, their hardest. Uh, Jay Beagle came out and was able to score two goals. I think uh, against the Blackhawks. So. Yay! It's whatever. Those games. It was nice to see that they didn't just phone it in. Yeah. In those games, especially against well, I mean, it was against a depleted Blackhawks team and. And a Carolina team that also apparently didn't give a crap, but uh, you know it's just it just it was one of those things where like it's sad that I won't be able to see the Caps play again until October, but I really haven't seen them play you know really play since like last May or whatever it was. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, since this season ended poorly and and in a way that that none of us liked, any TV shows come to your mind that that ended in their finale so poorly that it kind of like it ruined the whole the whole show for you? Uh, are we talking series finale or season finale? Uh, either or. Doesn't or doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, that ruined the show for me? Yeah. I don't think so. See, yeah. the thing is, I'll, I'll stick with stories as they go along for the most part. See, Although, yeah. you know what? How I Met Your Mother finale was pretty freaking weak. Yes, yeah. I, see, I was going to bring that one up. Is that where you were going with I that was, one? I was going with that one. <laughs> how I Met Your it Mother. It didn't ruin the show for me, necessarily. Like, I'll go back and watch reruns or whatever else, because it's funny. Although, mostly just Neil Patrick Harris, because he's funny. Um, but, 
and and Jason Siegel and um, Allison Hanny. Am I the only one that thought Ted's character was really annoying? I love Ted. I, I thought Ted was good. He had his moments, and the actors actually does a really good job. I just thought his character was just so annoying after a while. Um, but the yeah, I mean that's definitely a situation where like this season is one where it's just like uh, the capital season that it, I'm talking about, where it's just like you're just so disgusted in a situation where it's the way they were playing. You just it, it it was just disappointing. Just the same way it was about the high. I met your mother finale. Well, the whole the whole final season of How I Met Your Mother, it was just kind of like we're still at the wedding, and like the thing. Uh, spoiler alert, everybody out there! But like, the <laughs> whole season is about a Robin and Barney's wedding, and then fifteen minutes into the finale, they they get divorced. So I'm like, what did we just spend the last twenty two episodes on? If they're just well, gonna was get it divorced, about the wedding or was? Why are we talking about this on a hockey podcast? <laughs> Hey, hey, I forget a couple of years ago. Well, there was always hockey in that show because Robin was from Canada. True. I did. That was funny when they kept it. They had a, uh, Mason Raymond that like mentioned him in one episode. He doesn't even play for the Canucks anymore. I thought that was funny. Like, why would you pick that player? Like, no Sedins. Yeah. Well, they, they, uh, in the in the the last couple episodes, she was wearing an Atlanta Thrashers jersey without. I caught logos. that too. Yeah, <laughs> that was ugly. The only other show I can think of that like the finale it didn't ruin the show for me because I absolutely still love the show, but the finale was definitely weak. Was Rescue Me? Loved. Hey, it. hey, hey! That's hey, a great show. I absolutely loved Rescue Me. The last season or two were were kind of weak, but that finale, I was just like, "That's it. That's how we're going to end it." Like, really, I. Uh, all right, but I, I'll still go back and watch old episodes of that because I, I the the show was itself was was just fantastic. Rescue Me was great. I thought it was you know it's one of those shows. Same thing like you with ER in the finale, where it was like you know just because the show's over, these characters' lives still go on. I thought that was clever as opposed to a show where it's just like, well, that's the end. Yeah, yeah, and we'll just we'll you haven't watched it, but we'll just say the Breaking Bad finale for that series is kind of like winning the Stanley Cup. It's just one of the greatest ever. So, so we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that once you once you sit down and watch the entire series of that. But uh, anything anything else we should talk about uh, for the Caps? Ah, uh, no, that's that's pretty much it. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a quick ride up 83 and talk Hershey Bears and Reading Royals. But before we do that, we're going to make a pit stop in Baltimore and talk about the Baltimore Sports Report Network. What, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? He's a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. All right, here we go. We're going up 83. We're talking Hershey Bears. We're talking Reading Royals and even some eerie otters. Coach Dan, what is going on in Chocolate Town? Well, since we last talked, Hershey went 1-0-2 with an overtime win over Binghamton, but overtime and shootout losses to Binghamton and Springfield. Now, the Bears currently sit at 8th in the Eastern Conference with 86 points, 3 points behind 7th place Providence, and are tied with Norfolk, who currently sits at ninth. However... The Bears and the Norfolk Admirals are playing at this very moment with about three minutes and 50 seconds to go in the third period. Well, yeah, still 3.50 to go. Norfolk is actually up, so if Norfolk comes out the winner, they will jump ahead of the Bears for eighth in the Eastern Conference, knocking the Bears out of the Calder Cup playoff race. So the Bears got, what, a couple of games left. They got uh, tonight against Norfolk, then they got Friday against Norfolk again. So they got to find a way to come back and win tonight and then get that win on Friday and then they got Saturday against Adirondack. And that's the end of their season if they cannot go and win the rest of their 
games. Now, Reading, on the other hand, went 1-1-1 one, one, and one with a shootout win over the Orlando Solar Bears. There's an interesting name. Uh, but a regulation and shootout loss to the Florida Everblades. The Royals finished their regular season with a record of 46-22-4, putting them at first in the Eastern Conference with 96 points and only one point behind the Alaska Aces for the best record in the ECHL. So that's pretty awesome that they came out, what, second in the entire ECHL. Their defense of the Kelly Cup starts on Thursday against the Fort Wayne Comets. That's Comets with a K. Apparently they can't spell in Fort Wayne. Uh, that's the past week in the AHL and the ECHL. What is going on up in, in Erie and the OHL? The Erie Otters are in the Western Conference Finals for the OHL. They are up against the Storm, and I believe... I don't know how to say the name of this town. That doesn't matter. G-U-E-L-P? Guelph? 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 I don't know. They it, all right. Golf. We'll call them golf. <laughs> They're up against the golf slash Guelph <laughs> storm <laughs> uh, in southern Ontario in the Western Conference Finals for the OHL. Their first game is Thursday, April 17th uh, at 7 o'clock. Game 2 is Friday, April 18th at 7.30. Game 3 is at Monday, April 21st at 7 o'clock. Game 4, Tuesday, April 22nd uh, at 7 o'clock. So by the time we talk next week, uh, they could be Western Conference champions the Erie Otters with uh Capitals prospect Andre Burakovsky hopefully getting a few goals uh the kids looked really good in the uh the playoffs for the OHL so far he's definitely been a, a shining light for the Erie Otters so hopefully he can keep that up as they uh they go for the the OHL championship uh hopefully coming out as Western Conference uh champion so we'll see what happens with the Erie Otters but uh well hopefully the Hershey Bears will go on as well and and we'll they'll be able to go to the AHL uh playoffs we'll see what happens with them uh the Reading Royals they always look like they're doing pretty well so good for them but now let's uh let's instead of going up 83 now let's go around the NHL All right, now here we are. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. They officially began tonight as we're recording this. Usually this is a time where, where my beard gets a little bit more bushy, but now i got to go almost clean-shaven because the Capitals aren't in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but there are a few teams that are. So, Coach Dan, what is going on around the NHL? Uh, well, let's start with Florida, who won the right to draft first overall in the upcoming NHL draft. Buffalo will pick second, followed by Edmonton, Calgary, and the Islanders. As you mentioned earlier, the Capitals will be picking 13th. Trade. Now, <laughs> Get him. Trade it out of here. We don't even like the player we're going to pick up. Now, I think it's interesting. The last time the Capitals picked 13th overall, I believe, was in 2002 when they picked up Alexander Seven. Mm. So that's an interesting little note. Now, they picked some other players in the past that have actually uh, – Worked out pretty well past the 13th. I mean, they picked up Burakovsky 23rd overall last year. They got Kuznetsov 26th overall back in 2010. Johansson was 24th overall. Um, so, you know, there's a possibility they could go out and find someone at 13th that could actually end up helping them. Maybe not this season, but in the very near future. Or you could trade that for another player. Uh, Toronto named Brendan Shanahan as their new team president and alternate governor. And it sounds like he's going to be hanging on to their current general manager, Dave Nonis. Uh, Winnipeg signed head coach Paul Maurice to a four-year extension. Other coaching news, Ottawa owner Eugene Melnick has said that head coach Paul McClain will return as the center's head coach next season. Same goes for Jack Capuano, who will remain on Long Island, according to their GM, Garth Snow. 
Uh, Barry Trotz, however, will not remain in Nashville as he was relieved of his head coaching duties by GM David Poyle. He was offered another position in the organization, but I see him as a head coach in the NHL next season. I think someone is definitely going to pick him up, and I would not mind if the Washington Capitals definitely bring him in for an interview to see what he thinks he could do with his team. Because, you know, I think he did very well with a Nashville team that doesn't have a lot of money. And play, they, yes, they played a defensive system, which doesn't necessarily fit the style of hockey that Ovechkin likes to play or is, that he's good at. But I think if Trotz can come in and, and put a defensive style and some offense, I think things could get very interesting. Plus, he's kind of a funny-looking dude, so I think it would be nice to have him behind the bench just kind of sitting there. He's kind of like Uncle Fester. Like, he has no neck. I think. I don't know if that even makes sense. Anyways, moving on. Uh, longtime Edmonton Oiler Ryan Smith retired after the Oilers' final game of this season. He recently finished up his 19th season in the NHL, 15 of which were in Edmonton. The other four were with the Islanders, Avalanche, and the LA Kings. He finishes his career having played 1,270 games, scoring 386 goals and 456 assists. Now, congrats to New Jersey's Yarmir Yager. I still hate you. Uh, but congratulations on passing Gordie Howe for eighth place on the NHL's all-time in career assists. Philadelphia signed defenseman Andrew McDonald to a six-year extension worth a reported total of $30 million. He was acquired at the trading deadline from the Islanders. But as McPhee said, there were no good defensemen that were picked up at the trading deadline. Nice job, George. Uh, Speaking of the Flyers, their forward Scott Hartnell was fined $5,000 for spearing Carolina defenseman Brett Belmore. Why are you spearing someone, you jerk? (laughs) It's just mean. Minnesota's Mike Rupp was suspended for four games after an illegal check to the head of St. Louis's St. Louis's TJ Oshie. He missed the Wilds' final regular season game and will miss their first three playoff games. Florida defenseman Ed Jovanovski was fined $5,000 for elbowing Columbus forward Corey Trott. It just seems completely unnecessary. Uh, interesting news. Tampa Bay's Ryan Malone was arrested last Saturday morning and was charged with driving under the influence and possession of cocaine. Whoa. What? What is he, an NBA player? Ryan Malone, what the hell is wrong with you? And finally, Peter Laviolette was named head coach for Team USA at the World Championship. His assistants will be former Capitals Joe Sacco and Phil Housley, as well as Don Granado. That's the news from the past week in the NHL. All right, well, let's go over the Stanley Cup playoffs, even though the Capitals aren't in it. Let's talk about what uh, who we think is going to move on in this first round. So uh, do you want to go game by or, – or team by team? Do you want to go – what series you, by series. You'll do series by series. So yeah, it'll be, oh crap! Pittsburgh went up four three. Damn it! What are you getting? You get the information, so you know what's going on. So I'm on. I'm well, I don't have a TV in the coach's office anymore, so I got to. Uh, I got to use NHL.com. All right, so let's let's start out with the West, since you are I have such good luck with the West out hey, there. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Wait, I was really bad with that, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah that's the joke. Uh, to update on uh, up eighty three, Hershey has lost Oof. five to three to Norfolk. So right now they are actually going to be two points out of the final spot in the Eastern Conference playoff race. So they got two games left: one against Norfolk, they badly need to win that one, and then against Saturday against Adirondack. So they need to win out if they want to be able to go and make the Calder Cup playoffs. But yeah, let's go back to the NHL playoffs. And you said we're starting with the West. Let's, go ahead. Who are, we, who are we starting with? Let's go with uh, Anaheim versus Dallas. Who do you think is going to win that one? Ooh. See, here's the thing. Everybody gives Boudreaux so much credit, but we've seen this in the past where he comes out and he's got a great regular season. And he's got no, he doesn't have a defensive style. So they get beat in uh, in the playoffs. But the thing is, I think he's got a I think he's got a better team than he had in Washington overall. He's got a better a better general manager. I think he's got a better team. I think Anaheim's actually gonna come out of this series. Um do I have to say how many games? Yeah, maybe why not? Let's see how many uh, let's games. go. Anah- uh, Anaheim's gonna come out of this in 
six games. Okay, I think I think Anaheim's going to come out at least in this first round up against the Dallas Stars. I think they'll beat them. Um, it's not going to go. Dallas is going to be a good team though in the future. We got to watch out. Yeah, they're 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 definitely going to have their their day in the sun. But seven games, I don't think it's going to go full seven. Maybe maybe five or six. Probably probably more six, like you were saying. I got to say Anaheim's going to go for that one. Uh, next game up, you got San Jose Sharks up against the LA Kings. Uh, we LA Kings have really shown what they can do in the playoffs. So of course, that's who I'm going to say is going to come out on this series. And uh, one word, quick. We saw it uh, when he played for the USA, even though they didn't come out on top. Uh, but he, he's he's impressive. He's a, an amazing goalie. So I got to say, and LA is very aggressive in the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to say LA is going to win this one, and I'm going to say in uh, in five games. Uh, I'm agree. I think LA. I think it's going to go seven, but I also think it, it, you know San Jose is a good team, but they can't win in the playoffs. So I think LA definitely is going to come out of that one. All right. Next up, we have the Colorado Avalanche up against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Wild they they put a lot of additions into their team, but uh, the Avalanche have really shown what you can do with a great goalie. And Varlamov, uh, uh, he's really come uh, come into his own, and he's he's really agreed well and and done really well since leaving the Capitals. So I got to say, the Avalanche uh, is going to come away with this one, and uh, this one I think will probably go to seven. I think Colorado also is going to win, but only because if they don't, Patrick Waugh may very well beat up all of his players. <laughs> That's my guess. I'm going uh, Colorado in five. Going five. All right. Next up is the St. Louis Blues up against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this one is going to be rough. Uh, the Blues are a very, very good team. Uh, but the Blackhawks, they've been here many, many times before. Uh, I'm going to have to say, even though the Blues have done really well, i got to go Blackhawks in this one. They know how to play in the playoffs. Uh, they're a good team as well. So i got to say Blackhawks, and this will probably go to seven. See, this is a tough one just because Chicago's beat up. And St. Louis is coming in after having a horrible end to their regular season. So this is this is a tough one. I think if Chicago can stay healthy, that they're going to come out on top of this one. Um, depending on the health, yeah, I could agree. It's going to go seven games with Chicago coming out on top. All right, let's jump on over to the East. The Boston Bruins up against the Detroit Red Wings. Who do you think is going to win this one? I'm going Boston in five. Boston there uh, when the Capitals and the Orioles and the Ravens aren't playing. I'm rooting for teams from Boston. So I got to say Boston, and I think this one will go to seven just because uh, if you look at last uh, last season, the Red Wings, man, if, if they lose in the playoffs and they go down a game or two, they get they get very frustrated, but they know how to handle that frustration, and they, they play as hard as they can. So I think it's going to be Boston, but it's going to take seven to get there. Next up, uh, Tampa Bay versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Montreal uh, had a good season. The Tampa Bay, they they look good as well. This one, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Canadiens. They usually can turn it on in the playoffs. And uh, this one will this one will probably go to six. Hmm. Well, see, they're playing right now. They're actually going into overtime at four four. But I'm gonna go with Canadians. Actually, I might have to take that back. I don't know. This is a tough. This is a tough one. I mean, Tampa Bay is coming in. They, you know, didn't have a great end of the, the at least their final game against the Capitals. Actually, that was pretty lame for a team that needed that get win badly to be able to have home ice advantage. For them to come out, and I mean, they ended up getting it, but for them to come out against a Caps team that was playing poorly in that game, had nothing to play for, and to only have to, to come out with a one nothing win in a shootout, it was uh, I thought was an interesting uh, situation. So I'm gonna go Montreal in seven. Montreal in seven. All right. Just because I hate Tampa Bay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just freaking hate the Lightning. But we're all, we always used to be up against them. That's why. 
I, I guess I just I mean we're not even in the division with them anymore, so who cares? I just freaking hate Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> They're just so stupid. Uh, next, I, I, don't, I don't know. Next game up, we got the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Gwins up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, this one, Ugh. I gotta give it to Pittsburgh, even though Columbus has looked all right. Uh, Pittsburgh. Dude, their freaking Twitter account is just said, oh, fans are doing the wave here at Console Energy Center. That's what you're tweeting about? Jesus. So dumb. They're actually up 4-3 at the moment. They're on the power play, which is uh, not good for Columbus. But uh, I'm sorry, your prediction was? I think Pittsburgh is going to come out on top on this one, and it'll probably be in uh, in five games. Uh, I like Columbus. I think they're an up-and-coming team. I think a lot of credit needs to be given to their head coach as well as to their GM, Yarmo Kekalainen. Um, I don't know if I said that right, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to go Pittsburgh and I think they're going to sweep them. So Pittsburgh in four, that'll be it. Yeah. I I just, I don't think Columbus has enough. I think Pittsburgh is getting healthy at the right time. They got Malkin back. Crosby's playing. Uh, they're a tough, I'm not trying to sound like, uh, Pierre McGuire right here with the Crosby's the greatest, greatest player ever. Uh, but it's just, I mean, that's a very good team. I don't think they're going to be the one to come out of the East, but I do think Pittsburgh's going to sweep Columbus. All right. Well, uh, next up, we got the New York Rangers up against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I got to go Rangers in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a Philadelphia fan. I hate to root for them. I got to say Rangers. <laughs> and plus, I mean, look who they got net. You got, you got the King of New York playing for you. And, uh, we've, we've, the Capitals, they've, they've seen it firsthand. Uh, when Lundqvist- yeah, but they suck. That's, that's but you got Lundqvist. I mean, Lundqvist is doing just amazing things in net. He always has. So I gotta, I gotta say Rangers, and uh, I think this will, uh, that'll probably go with, uh, Rangers and six. I'm going Flyers and seven. I just think the Flyers are gonna beat up the Rangers badly. Ooh. I think it's not Tortorella's team where they can be more physical. It's gonna be interesting. I'm. I'm going Flyers in seven. They're going to beat them up, but then they're going to be so exhausted they're going to lose in the next round. All right. Well, uh, let's let's jump across. We don't have to go through everything, but who do you think the final matchup's going to be, West versus East, and who do you think the winner's going to be? Well, I think coming out of the East is Boston. They're my favorite right now to win the Cup, but I think it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Bruins against the Avalanche. I'm going Boston, Colorado. Oh, wow, wow. I went to Varley in the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow. That's... Yeah, I know. Well, it's it not like, oh, the Caps never should have traded him. He wanted to leave. Yeah, he, he didn't. He wasn't staying anyways. He already said he'd rather go back to the KHL. The Caps actually got a great trade out of it, which they ended up botching by trading Forsberg for freaking Erat. But whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of that credit, I don't give credit to, to, to Varlamov. Uh, mostly because he's a woman beater yeah. uh, and a douchebag. But also I think that uh, – I think it's all a lot of credit to Patrick Waugh, even though he's a bit of a crazy person and that he likes to hurt people. Uh, and apparently tries to attack Bruce Boudreau with um, pieces of glass. But also that I think he's done amazing things for that team. And you know, I think this is – right now Colorado's on a roll with the way they've been playing. The players believe in the system. They've been doing – you know, it would be nice to see a team like that in Washington. Uh, you know, I think it's going to work. I think Boston versus Colorado, I think Boston comes out on top. All right, uh, as far as the East goes, I'm agreeing with you. I absolutely love the Boston Bruins. I think they're going to come out and be in the finals. Uh, there's there's two teams in the West that I'm watching. I either think it is going to be a repeat of last year, and we're going to have Blackhawks versus Bruins, 
or I want to see the LA Kings up against the Boston Bruins. I think either of those teams would give us a great series, and uh, I think that uh, the Bruins are just a force to be reckoned with, and I, I can't see them uh, being taken out by any team. So I think the Bruins are gonna are gonna hoist that Stanley Cup up once again, just like they did just a few years ago. But uh, the Bruins are my pick, and I think they're gonna raise the cup in Boston. Yeah, I think the Bruins are going to be the one to pull. I think they just have such a talented team, the great coaching staff. Um, I mean, they go and they lose their their second best event. Was it Seidenberg? Is he the one who went down? Um, and then they go and he's, what, Chara's defensive partner, and they're still able to go out and, and just play amazing hockey. So I think the fact is the Bruins are just too good. But, you know, it's the playoffs. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. Any team can get hot right now, especially if a goaltender gets hot and makes things interesting. So it'll be – Fun to watch to see which team gets hot right now, and I think it, it, goaltenders really can carry you really far. But I think with the way it is, I think the Bruins are going to be the ones uh, hoisting the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's that's how I think it's going to end. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that's pretty much it for What the Puck this week. Uh, if you want to talk Caps hockey or any kind of hockey at this moment with, with uh, Dan or I, make sure you tweet to us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. And Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you? Uh, you can find me out on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. You can also find me at CapitalsOutsider.com. This is Cap's fan-run website devoted to the Washington Capitals. Uh, I'm hoping to write a new article over the next couple of days. That will come out probably early next week. That's my hope. Uh, that's CapitalsOutsider.com. But Brandon, what about the Brando Cash Network? That's right. You go to uh, BrandoCash.com. That's our home for all things podcast. Uh, you can check out a blog written by uh, Josh Murr from The Call, and uh, you can also check out a little information about What the Puck and The Call as well. Uh, also, go to Facebook.com. Uh, Go to Facebook.com slash Brando Cash. Like the network over there. You get all the information about this show and all the other shows on the Brando Cash network. Be social with the show. Make sure you like What the Puck on Facebook. Facebook.com slash WTP Podcast. The show's also on Twitter at WTP underscore podcast. So make sure you follow us, like us, do all those things. Be social with the show. Let people know that you're a What the Puck listener. And let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Vine and Instagram and Reddit, anywhere you are social on the web leave us an itunes review there are many ways to listen to the show we are available on itunes stitcher the baltimore sports report network capsule.com and most podcast apps whichever you want you want to download you can find us on there uh, so that's uh, that's pretty much it for the show this week. Uh, make sure you follow along with us throughout the off season. We will be doing a show next week. Uh, if you enjoyed it last year, the end of the year awards are coming back, and we are going to hand out some awards on What the Puck next week. So that's definitely a show you're not going to want to miss. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned with us, and we'll let you know uh, as news breaks. We'll be doing shows. So just because the Capitals lose doesn't mean you're going to lose us as well. So we're still going to be around for next. Week. So uh, that's pretty much it for What the Puck. And even though the Capitals have cleared out their lockers, we're still rooting them on. And we are saying, let's go Caps! This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman. Not breathe at all. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> That's up for the outtakes. <laughs> exactly right. That's a great outtake. <laughs> Next up, uh, we got. Uh, did you go? Did you go? Yeah, I said that one already. All right. Sorry. I, I'm. 
I'm so tired and I don't <laughs> I don't feel good. We're almost done. We're almost done. All right. 